Hey, what's going on? We are doing the 2023 reading list and reviews. Every year I catalog the material I read and then put it together as a video review so you can see what you might like and hear what I think, if that has any value. Let's get into it. First book I completed this year was Jaron Lanier's You Are Not a Gadget. This one kind of snuck up on me because I had never heard of this guy, and it um, is kind of a surprise. I don't know how he slipped through the cracks, given you know what he talks about and what he's worked on over the years. Has a great relationship with technology in general, and is also a musician. So there's a lot of overlap. I feel like between you know what he's focused on and and the things that that interest me as well. I did take a couple of notes. He talks about the web being a grand unified scam in many ways year after year. I am feeling more and more in line with that sentiment. Having watched not only the big players emerge over the last 15 years, but also the technology stack required to deploy content on the internet. Uh, it just doesn't seem as wild and as fun as it was in the 90s to me. He also touches on Ted Nelson, someone who coined the terms hypermedia and hypertext. To me, I think something like Xanadu requires a monopoly, which is perhaps why it has not existed at any point yet. One particular thing this made me think is a relationship between a game like The Sims and what happens within that, this like gamification of mundane, episodic events and platforms that we use addictively, such as social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, particularly over the last couple of years, has taken uh, a big chunk of people's attention. One place where we very much disagree and kind of separate is he likes hip hop. Uh, I feel like the format has become very stagnant. And I think that this is kind of shown out in general as there are very few popular songs that expand beyond four, four time signatures and more and more, you don't hear key changes occurring. Really, <laughs> you don't hear even very many chord changes occurring in a lot of popular music, oftentimes either. He mentions the term computationalism, which is a comparison between the brain and a computer. But I'm not necessarily sure that it is holistic enough because it doesn't necessarily take into account the notion of mind and spirituality. Good book though. Do recommend checking out something of his, if not this one, uh, this one's a little bit dated now and I think he might have released something since then. The next book I did this year was color capital of the world growing up with the legacy of a crayon company by John Kropf. It is about the crayon industry in Sandusky, Ohio. It also addresses not only his familial connections to the industry, 
over the last century and a half, but also the innovative spirit of the city that was popularized by many of our first creative artistic tool. John and I are now hosting at least a bi-weekly Twitter space for writers, authors, and publishing in general. Always looking for people to come and hang out and talk shop. You're more than welcome to join us anytime. We also did a podcast episode together early in 2023 to talk more in depth about his book, his career as a lawyer, and some of the other publications that he's made over the years. He's quite accomplished. After that, I listened to That Hideous Strength by C.S. Lewis, which is part of his Space Trilogy. Though I skipped the other two installments, and who knows, I might go back and check them out. I don't mind nonlinear stories. I'm often watching and reading things out of sequence. I kind of like that. Sometimes you just kind of uh, let the story unfold in a way that doesn't make you take time to know the characters up front. I feel like a lot of television shows kind of waste an episode or two introducing all the characters instead of kind of just jumping right into it. There's a nice thread in this book about when existence is disembodied from spirituality and perhaps more deeply the complexity of faith that runs throughout the story. It also addresses overt and clandestine socio-political motives. Do recommend most people are familiar with him from the Narnia series, oftentimes also the screw tape letters. But I think that this book gets after some of the same ideas that readers would be familiar with from 1984 or A Brave New World. So I would, I would put it in that collection of material. Station 11 by Emily St. John Mandel is a book about survival in a world devastated by a viral pandemic. It was converted into a miniseries on HBO in late 2021. It explores a group of people connected through a central figure who passes away in the opening scenes. This leaves them to reconnect their individual narratives over the course of the subsequent 20 years as they make their way primarily around the Great Lakes region, predominantly in Michigan. There are a few variations between the book and show that work better in each format, I felt. The one particular change is the relationship between Javon and Kirsten, which is mostly non-existent in the book, but becomes a central narrative arc in the show, which ties together in a way that isn't executed as well as the book's divergent paths of her and the prophet, another character in the story. All that said, I'm glad I've done both versions of the story and recommend each for their own reasons if you're looking for a unique effort that spins together various threads into a solid yarn. Station Eleven was the strongest show I had seen in a long while at that point. I spent a lot of time writing this year, so I did a few short audiobooks about writing. First one of the year was How to Write a Book This Weekend by Vic Johnson which is a primer for gathering your thoughts in regards to creating a book. It is fairly recursive in the sense that it is fundamentally about writing how-to books. This model that is addressed within the book is essentially how I wrote the Chicago 1893 book and the two books on content marketing and personal branding, business branding that I've released. 
again, you know, if you follow the rubric addressed by Vic, you can probably turn out a manuscript, you know, at least a good shell or outline in a weekend and, and keep fleshing that out. Can you turn out a book in a weekend? <laughs> I can't, but you know, I'm a slow writer. Next is Writing Radar by Jack Gantos. It's about using your journal to snoop out and craft great stories. He also does the reading, which I always appreciate. The book does as advertised, giving the fundamentals to stay alert to find stories amidst everyday life. But it also goes into basic mechanics of the revision craft that sharpen a story through editing to refine the tales you explore. Very good for a starter in fiction like me. Interlibrary Loan by Gene Wolfe asks, what if you didn't get books from the library, but instead a clone of the author that wrote them? It was his final book and perhaps not the best place to start with his work, but it was the most immediately accessible to me as an audiobook. I do think fiction works well as an audiobook. I think audiobooks work really well in general, and I don't want to <laughs> seem too self-promoting or anything, but this was a fun detective story. Um, you know, a lot of material that is atmospheric translates, I feel, really well into an audiobook with the right reader. I've even done some pop sci popular books that way. You can take notes if you're very attentive. You know, a lot of people have the tendency to kind of drift off, but I think that can happen even when you're reading a book physically. So I think it just kind of comes to, you know, how focused do you want to be? as a reader and not necessarily the material or the format that you're ingesting it by. Another writing piece that I read is called Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall. It's about how to find your storytelling voice, primarily in service of sales and customer relationships. The audiobook is excellently performed by the author herself and really illustrates her experience as well as authority on the topic. The Turquoise Serpent by Alexander Palacio features Kaya Kali and Tesca in a Mesoamerican-themed sword and sorcery adventure that reaches an excellent climax in the final pages of the story before leaving the reader curious for the next installment of the series, which I have purchased as well. Hope to get into that in 2024. The central conflict of this first installment of the Ashes of the Urn series becomes a backdrop for the two protagonists' unresolved tension that initiated prior to where the author drops us into their arc. By the end, their unease with each other is at least on hold. The tale is well-paced, with the main characters being divided from one another in the middle third of the novella before reuniting against the odds. It's a funny story that doesn't ask you to do any homework or make long demands on your attention and scope. My only criticism is in those middle segments when the chapter focus flips between the characters a little too often for my taste. I found myself wishing the author had kept us in place more. But the chapter segments are short and do provide plenty of good breakpoints if you have to walk away from it. There's one more book he is writing currently. Uh, it was supposed to come out this year, but I don't think it is quite ready for release. So we'll keep our eyes on that for the future. A Sand County Almanac by Aldo Leopold is excellent. It's a Midwesterner's observations informed by time abroad. It is practical and within reach. You could create your own almanac with enough patience, which is something I consider but only passively attend. 
Its themes remain poignant today. Hat tip to Adam Furman and Griffin Dotry for the recommendation on this one. I think it pairs really well with Desert Solitaire to broaden the perspective on preservation and conservation. And I'm happy I did this book before working on Volume 3 of the Exploring Our National Parks series. That next book will be coming out in late 2024, along with a, another series of videos to accompany each park. I did one collection of stories gathered under the name The Bloody Crown of Conan by Robert E. Howard. It's primarily three stories, including his only novel of the Conan character, The Hour of the Dragon. If you are a fan of the movies, these are some of the longest works by the original author. What stands out here is the form of the stories, which were released in serialized pulp magazines in the early 20th century, but also Howard's attention to scene craft as well as combat and romance, often one being the payoff for the other. Additionally, there are segments on Hyborian Genesis, which address his poem, Samaria, and the mythos he delved into for his fictional telling of a remembered past, which leans into work done by Thomas Bullfinch in mythology for his reimagined locales and inhabitants. The reason why I read these was uh, actually to give a little bit more background on the work that Alexander Palacio was doing with his Ashes of the Urn series, and also to kind of prepare myself and my thinking about short fictional writing as I am preparing to release my first real fictional short story in early 2024. You can keep your eye out for that. I'm working on imagery and graphics. The story is mostly done. I've even done a preliminary read of the material to kind of button up some of the language and uh, how it unfolds. I find that to be a really useful tool for writing in general is to let the words actually pass through your mouth, see what stumbles out and, and what flows. They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan is an excellent introduction to the underlying concept of content marketing in regards to sales and teaching. Highly recommend this one. And he released an updated version with additional material as well. This is all about inbound sales, content marketing, and today's digital consumer. Gets after a lot of the same ideas conceptually that I address in the content marketing books that I've put out without necessarily giving you the nuts and bolts to construct your own content. But it does give a good bird's eye view of theory and the sequence of actions that you would take without necessarily making you do anything. Another writing focused piece I read was the Story Grid Universe by Sean Coyne, which addresses how to map out your trajectory as an author in terms of publishing and promotion with a little storytelling craft work thrown in as well. I really like this one. I thought it was fun. It kind of gets a little abstract. He does some things within the story that's woven into the mechanics that makes it not necessarily fictional, but there are some good anecdotes and analogies in here that I think make the material very easy to digest and also provide an example as to what he is talking about. Do recommend. How to Write a Short Story by Sarah Zachary is an introductory guide to creating story arcs and characters. It's quick. It gives foundational concepts for crafting stories in general regarding conflict 
and pacing. I can't recommend this one over some of the other stuff. You know, maybe if I had done it earlier in the collection of writing focused material that I listened to this year, I might have gotten a little more value out of it. But as it was, you know, fairly late into the year and also kind of late into my process of writing the short story that I did through the middle of the year, I didn't personally get a lot of value out of it. I also think it's maybe a little too introductory and, and a little thin in general on material. The last book of the year was The Creative Act by producer Rick Rubin. The book is an easy read. He doesn't attempt to be overly technical in his writing, but he also didn't name drop specific artists, as I can recall, which was, I missed a little bit. I wish we got a little more uh, closer view on some of the anecdotes that he shares. I took this one really slow, probably too slow, but let me share a few good segments that I liked but let me share a few good thoughts that I liked as a result of reading this. Creating is about doing the work. In the refining stages, we are often removing unnecessary components. Rick included a nice list about refining ourselves by removing misperceptions. You know, do you ever feel done creating either? That's a question this made me think. Uh, you know, I never feel done creating. I, I will work on stuff for long periods of time and then even revisit stuff as is uh, exemplified by the new Chicago 1893 AI cut of four minutes of the documentary. I would say this is a really solid read for early teenagers, regardless of whatever your creative interest might be. I think it also gives a good framework for discovery at any age, when you might be finding your personal interests or transitioning into new creative formats. So that is everything that I read this year in 2023. Well, at least everything that I share on the, the list here. Always looking for recommendations. Always like to talk with writers and authors. Always looking for folks to come on the podcast and talk about their work, promote their work hear about how they go about it and their influences anything like that so please reach out if you would like to have a nice discussion about what you're doing looking forward to reading more stuff next year this year was relatively uh light load unfortunately but i did do a lot of writing so that's the trade-off uh having read a lot about the craft of writing i feel it's at least fitting that i did a considerable amount of it of my own work.